generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. First Chronicles chapter 12. First Chronicles chapter 12. Rosemond is good to see you. Japheth, my man Japheth, I've missed you. Japheth uh, is an amazing gift and we just heard a snippet of his of his uh, gift. You know, some of them have um, way better voices than me, so when I want certain sounds that my voice cannot exactly produce, <laughs> I'll produce the way they can produce it. First Chronicles, it's good to see you, Japheth. Trust you're doing great. First Chronicles chapter 12. First Chronicles chapter 12. I know that's a very very rare scripture to preach from but I'm just going to preach from this I want your minds and your attention to be fully present and for you to come along as we go alright so I'm going to read alone it's a long read so I read alone for time's sake from verse 1 I might just skip a couple of verses but please follow the drift now these were the men who came to David at Ziklag you remember what happened at Ziklag the enemy came took their stuff Carted away their goods, everything that was valuable, took their women and their children, pillaged, they burnt uh, their settlement, and then they went far away. And so David literally had to build again. And that's when he asked the Lord, Shall I pursue? Will I overtake? Shall I recover all? And God said, Pursue, overtake, recover all. And then I taught from that last week that even though revelation comes from God, a measure of your direction and destiny will come from men. So God revealed to David, You will pursue, overtake, and recover all question is where are the coordinates in which direction am I pursuing you know so some of us have a revelation from God but because we've rejected the counsel from men we are pursuing the wrong things or the right things in the wrong direction so he says these were the men who came to David as Ziklag while he was still a fugitive from Saul the son of Kish and they were among the mighty men how does it describe this mighty man Help us in the war. Aisha and, and daughter and family. Is that your husband? It's great to see you, sir. Great to meet you. Great to meet the whole family. I've not seen Aisha in like, I don't know, seven, eight years. Maybe something like this. Exciting. Can we celebrate her and her family this morning? He says that these guys, they were mighty men and they were what? Help us of the war. I love NKJV. He says, help us in the war. So look at this. Not everybody qualifies to help. That means you can have good intentions, but you're not a helper in the war. You are hurting people in the war. Now, how many of you have cousins, nephews, maybe even children for some of us who are parents now? Um, your three-year-old, four-year-old wants to help you cook this too. wants to help. Mommy, mommy, can I help? Can I? Mommy, 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 can I help? Right? Have you seen that before? They sincerely want to help, but what's the issue? They are not what? Talk to me, guys. They are not qualified. They are not trained. They don't have the capacity. They don't have the upbringing. They don't have the skill set. So watch this. 
in building God's plan for a generation, for a kingdom, for a nation, the right mindset is not enough. The right heart set is not enough. You also need the right skill set. So there are a lot of believers who have a heart for the kingdom, but they get into politics and they mess up. In fact, sometimes they're even worse than the unbelievers. Have I got a witness? Why? Because they had a regenerated heart, but they were not equipped for the war they found themselves in. Oh, you guys are too quiet this morning. So the people who really want to help you, but they are not qualified to help. Could it be possible that in some areas of your life where you face unnecessary attacks or where you feel like a casualty, it's because your heart is right, but you're not trained for the terrain. So not everybody who is in the battlefield is helpful. Not everybody in your business is helpful. And untrained staff will take you back. And untrained staff can complicate your business. So watch this. Whatever you are doing, you must be engaged in training and you must be facilitating somebody else's training. Otherwise, there's stagnation in the process. He says they were mighty men. So one of the qualifications for those men was that they had to be people of might. Now, don't forget, if you're in first service, if you've read this before, Isaiah chapter 11, he says that the spirit, a stem will come from, right, a branch shall come from the stem of Jesus, and it said that the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of what? Wisdom, understanding, the spirit of counsel, and, and might. So might is also an expression of the spirit of God. I'm not saying all might is spiritual, but I'm saying that the spirit of God is also the spirit of might. And one of the things that God has risen in this house this year is that he's developing mighty men. When I say men, that's generic. We call it spirit man, not spirit woman, right? So it also means women as well. God is raising mighty people in this house this year. Let your amen be as loud as the prophecy let me say it again for some of you that look intimidated weak I can't talk I'm conservative I'm reserved even in your quietness and confidence shall be your strength that your whisper will be louder than the roar of some other people you will whisper and you will rearrange things you will set things in order it's not about your temperament it's about the spirit of God on the inside of you what qualifies you for effective impact and ministry is not whether you're extroverted or introverted it is whether you are connected it's whether you are spirits verted are you hearing what I'm saying you don't have to be introverted or extroverted if your spirits verted you can deliver the promises of God for your life I command that there should be a release of uncommon grace over everyone in here whose heart is right that this year you will begin to displace things that are taken territories that God has called you to in the name of Jesus Christ Somebody shout, I'm a helper in the war. But that was not all. It says they were armed with what? Talk to me. They were armed with bows and could use both right hand and <laughs> but, but bad guys. Now listen to this. You can be a mighty man, but if you're not equipped with the right tools, you'll still be limited in impact. 
So when we read 2 Samuel 23 about the mighty men of David, the guy that killed 800, he had what? A spear. Because you don't wrestle 800 people and kill them. Oh, come on. So there are certain believers who have the right handset and some who have the right skill set, but they lack the right tool set. So you don't know the tools to use. You can be the best carpenter, but without a hammer at least. Pincers, screwdrivers, you really cannot do much. The word of God is the toolbox for the believer. Is the toolbox, is the arsenal, is the weaponry, is the divine package that is skeeted and designed to help you take territory. He does not just say they were equipped, but it says they could use both what? In Isaiah 54, he said, cry out aloud, you that didn't have children, more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman. He said that you, he said, strengthen your, your tents, enlarge your tents, strengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. He says that you will break forth on the right and to the left. The right is typically the place of strength and confidence where you are bold and you feel you have capacity. The left is the place where you're not very strong. You know, some of you have your selfie face, right? Your selfie profile, your good part. When people want to take pictures, they say, no, that's not my good side. This is my good side. Well, let me tell you something. When you are inside God, every side of you will be good. That means in the area where you are bold and confident, you will deliver results. And in the area where you feel I'm weak, I'm tired, I'm intimidated, even in that area for God's strength is made perfect in your weakness in the left areas of your life you will make a resounding impact I wish I could get a believer to say yes I might not be the, the strongest designer I might not be the strongest business person but in this my 2 by 2 business in this my online shop in this my catering business God is able to use that platform as a place to show Father's glory if you don't believe it say nothing if you believe it shout I believe slap somebody a high five and say I believe heart set heart set don't forget he said David led them by the integrity of his heart and the skillfulness of his hand because if you have integrity in your heart but no skillfulness in your hand you can only lead yourself to lead people, you need skill. You need tact. You need patience. You need communication skills. You need an understanding of timing, structure, systems. You have to be savvy. Now, some people have the heart set, but not the skill set. David didn't just have the heart set. He had the skills. Because the skills are the conveyor belt for what you have in your heart. So some people have great ideas in their heart. God put it there. God has sent turns in your heart. But how do you work it out? Skillfulness in your hand. I'm talking this morning about rise to kingship. Rise to kingship. So heart set, mindset, skill set, and what? Tool set. And when you have that, you now get set. Because you can have everything set, but if you're not set, 
That's why David said, I have set my face as a flint. Then he said in Psalm 16, I've set the Lord continually before me because it's my, at my right hand, I shall not be moved. So look at David in his life. Why was he able to attract this man? He says, these are the men that came to David. They were mighty men. They were helpers of the war. They were armed with bows. You know what bows are? Bows are different from spears. And you need different tools. The word says that the righteous or the wise man, he sees evil afar off and he escapes it or deals with it, right? Now, some of us, we've only understood the dimension of spears. So the issue comes close before we attack it. But God is raising spiritual archers. Can I preach? That when you see it from afar, you don't allow it come close. When you see that sickness rearing its head in your mother's body and your aunt's body, you don't wait till you are 35 or 40 before you deal with the cancer or the fibroid. You take authority and say, I am not just waiting for you to come close. I'm not going to engage you in just close combat. I'm going to pull out some arrows of the word like no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And I'm going to launch an arrow far into the distance I release the grace for spiritual archery you will see things before they happen and you will take care of them let's take 30 seconds to one minute to deal with anything that might be brewing anywhere things that we might not see things that seem distant things that seem far away deal with it deal with it deal with it deal with the pain deal with the trauma deal with the accident deal with the doctor's diagnosis We'll never be victims anymore. this is prophetic intercession don't wait for it to come to your door release the arrow release the arrow Nothing around my children, nothing around my wife, nothing around my husband, nothing around my parents. I scatter, I scatter it, I scatter it. Every attempt at death, premature death, accident, food poisoning, poisoning, gaseous gas explosions, mysterious deaths, sicknesses, ailments, I scatter it, I dismantle it, I shatter it, I break it down now. We declare it's done in the name of Jesus. I proclaim that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, today we condemn. 
we condemn we condemn we extract the power in the voices of your opposition you are protected you are safeguarded Amaka you are safeguarded Shikemi his presence is shield around you Fatima you are safeguarded Yinka you are protected I pray for all of you who work on sites as construction engineers, supervisors, evaluators, all the cable seed about no industrial accidents, no industrial accidents, no mechanical accidents. Those of you who work as uh, people with sewing machines or tailoring equipment or dry cleaning equipment that move things around. So they can live to visit and the basukeli and the bossekadogos. In Jesus' name we have prayed. They were armed. Look at somebody say, I'm armed. Be armed so you will not be harmed. Because sometimes you can be stronger than the opponent, but if he has better weapons. You understand? And we know that the enemy doesn't have weapons. You know what he has? Subtlety. Stealth. We are not unaware of the wiles, devices, machinations, craftiness of the enemy. Looking for a hole, a gap in your structure, in your system. That's why it says break the hedge and the serpent will bite. What is the hedge? A system of solid protection. What's if you break it? In other words, you violate the principle, you go against the order, the divine order was spoken about righteousness and justice in, in I was gonna say chapter one, the first uh, the first first service. Yeah? There's a gap, and the serpent can come in and buy. But I like those guys because the words is the way and with bows, and they could use both the right hand and the left hand in. God is raising men of capacity. Why did David attract this kind of men? Because you attract who you are like. You attract who you are like. He was a mighty man. He was described that way to Saul. You remember? When they needed the minstrel to play for the spirit of God to drive out whatever demonic spirit was oppressing Saul and somebody began to describe David and there were seven things and one of them was this. He is a mighty man. Then they said he's a man of valor. Might talks about potential and capacity. Valor is expressed superior strength. So whilst David was taking care of sheep, he was expressing, expressing his might and valor there. Whatever you're doing in the workplace, do it as if you're doing it on another level. I'm just a cleaner. Clean it like a CEO. Oh my God, you didn't hear what I just said. I'm just an usher. Usher them in. Kaleko Masia. Into another level. I'm just a dry cleaner. Find something extra and put something on the dry cleaning so that you will not be a dry cleaner. Be a wet one. Put oil. David used a 
sling to release the stone, but God brought people that did not even need slings. Some of y'all didn't hear what I just said. Some of you right now, you need computers to compute, but God will send you staff whose brains are supercomputers. When you operate on the level you are equipped to, God will give you people with superior equipment than what you have. Watch what is going to happen in Kings. God is about to stir up something in the house and is going to attract some people that will make all of us wonder where are all these people coming from? Because when we release the stone that we have, get ready for those who can. They can haul stones. So David could stand there and just use a sling. They didn't need the sling. They had internal capacity. Their hands were like slings. God wants to equip you organically with resources that others had to develop through sustained seasons of systems or systemic operations. They didn't need slings. And these guys, they were helpers of the war. And let's skip a couple of verses so I can get to one major point. Yeah. Watching my time. Now, the word now lists them. I'm not, I'm not going to go through that. In verse 3, from verse 3, it lists all of them. And verse Eight says some Gadites joined David at the stronghold in the wilderness. Mighty men of valor uh, trained for battle. Verse 8 trained for battle. Yeah, this one says feet for battle. It's actually trained and they could handle shield and one. See, if you cannot handle a spear, how can you handle shield and buckler? Because the shield sometimes was heavy. What do you use the shield for? To protect yourself and other people. Sometimes protecting people is heavy on you. That's why you're trained for it. It says their faces were like faces of lions and they were swift as the rose upon the mountains. God is raising some of you in this house. Your countenance will be territory taking. They will say there is something about that girl. There is something about it. Something about it. Face! And then it says they can run. There were certain opportunities that you were too slow for last year. But in 2019, you are running with speed. steeds or gazelles upon the mountains verse 15 these are the ones who crossed the Jordan in the first month when overflowed all the banks and put all the flight and all of that let's go all the way to verse 18 then the spirit came upon Amasai chief of the captains and he said we are yours O David we are on your side O son of Jesse peace peace to you and peace to your helpers for your God helps you now I'm talking about rising to kingship was David ordained a king or not? Was he anointed king or not? Was God his helper or not? Did he need help us in the war or not? 
So God will help you, but He will also send you helpers. But the helpers must be trained to provide the help that God intends. Because if God is helping you one way and people are helping you the other way, they are counterbalancing the help of God in your life. Are you getting this? So if somebody comes into your life or God says, you know, I'm going to bless you financially, and somebody else comes into your life and says, I'm going to bless you financially, but to bless you financially, I'm going, you need to help me in bed. Is it, please. Oh, you want to lay your bed? No. I want you to lay <laughs> eggs on the bed. <laughs> it's countermeasuring the help. But you know, some people will think, ah, my help, oh. My help, My help, There is something. <laughs> don't let anybody help you out of God's purposes for your life because some help will take you back then after you recover from the struggles and the issues you now come back with scar, scars and GV did they still use that? I don't know like, I don't know what GV is God's victory, no GV so David, watch this, received them. When God sends you help, receive it. Some of us have been through so many disappointments that when people try to help us now, we misinterpret the help and think they want to exploit us. David received them, I pray for discernment for you. And made them captains of the troop. And then they now spoke about so many other people. Verse 21, and they helped David against the bands of raiders for they were how many? All look at somebody say we are all kings in this house I love the energy on the spot this is an unpaid supporters club can you join the team and shout we are all kings in this house love the energy. One of the things that small minds cannot conceive is that everybody can be great. Small minds can conceive it. But in God's house, everybody is called to kingship. Everybody is called to greatness. Everybody is called to royalty. Everybody is called to excellence. We are not all going to be popular. We are not all going to be on stage. We are not all going to be in, on the spotlight. But some of us might be the stewards of the food uh, we're seeing. But there are those of us at the back who are not the stewards. We are the cook. And without what we're cooking, nobody can serve nada. Come on, somebody. So I'm not going to lose my place in the cooking kitchen just because I want to be seen out there. Oh, yes. I need to stay in the kitchen to make sure no imposter poisons the food. Because if an imposter poisons the food, that's the end of it. So some of us are to be spearheads. Some of us are defenders of what's behind. Am I preaching to somebody? But the word says they were all mighty men. Help me look for two mighty men around you and tell them you are a king. You are a king. Oh, can I preach a little bit now? You're a king, Amaka. Still waiting for a job, but I'm a king. 
still squatting with a friend but I'm a king no money to go back after church but I'm a king don't know how I'll make it through this week but I am a king my car is behaving like a scar and behaving like scar in Lion King but I'm still a king it doesn't matter what hell launches against me what storms rise against me what pain shows up in my body what complexity there is in my environment what disappointment from my history what shame from my past I am still a king and I'm rising out of every kind of despondency and darkness I refuse to settle to the level of my situation I am rising to the level of my revelation I'm soaring I'm mounting up with eagle's wings my time in the dirt is over I'm rising out of this I'm breaking out of this I'm rising to my palace to my throne I'm taking on authority somebody shout yeah 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 High five yourself and say, Damn it, you are a king. God does not consult your situation before he gives you a revelation. David did not look like a king, David did not look qualified. David did not look like he was a part of it. But let me quickly show you. Where's my iPad? Where's my iPad? David did not. Thank you very much. May God leave blessings all over like I leave my iPad in different places. You just be stumbling on blessings and increase and expansion. I'll come back to 1 Corinthians 12. I need to come back. I must come back. Uh, Chronicles rather but let me quickly read something for time's sake first Samuel can put it up if you're there first Samuel 2 7 to 8 two references first Samuel chapter 2 7 to 8 and Psalms 113 4 to 8 first Samuel 2 7 to 8 Psalms 113 4 to 8 first Samuel 2 7 to 8 it says the Lord makes poor and makes rich now that's an Old Testament revelation yeah the Lord gives people resources and opportunities and their choices determine whether they end up poor or not or rich. So uh, there is still a sect in our country where they believe that rich people are made rich by God and there is no need for aspiration and all of that. You know, that sect. If you served in that era, you know what I'm talking about. So they worship the guys that have it. Yeah? No aspiration, no drive. But we understand that it is the value you create in the market space that ultimately, yeah? I'm not saying it guarantees that. Now also understand that if you're rich, God allowed you to have it. Why do, how do I know every good and perfect gift? But if you're poor, it is not God giving because God doesn't have poverty to give. You can't give what you don't have. You can be poor because of a bad situation in your economy, because of imprisonment, because of handicap, because of poor decisions. There are many reasons for poverty. But God doesn't go with goodie bags. Sorry, baddie bags. Have you received your own poverty? I take it away. No, he doesn't do that. So just for context. He said he brings low and lifts up. Same thing applies. He raises the poor from the dust. Of course. I don't want to go too deeply into that. Pride. 
How do people fall? It says pride goes before a fall, a heart of spirit before destruction. So Nebuchadnezzar is king and then God makes him a, a lion, like a wild animal for seven years. Yes, so pride can bring you down. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash to set them among princes and make them inherit what? The throne of glory. Somebody you feel like you are amongst the dust. How do you know? Everything around you looks old. How does dust gather? Dust settles in a place where nothing much is happening. You know that? So some of you, you feel like your life has gathered dust. Yeah? People can feel dusted around you. It always looks like you should go into the dusting powder business now. Or sawdust. <laughs> right? But this is the word of the Lord. I don't know who this word is for. That God is raising you out of the dust. That amen is asthmatic. That's better. God is lifting you from the dunghill. You know what the dunghill is? Dunghill. Not dunghill as in without the G. Not a designer brand. Dung as in D-U-N-G. Heel. That's a heel that is made out of waste. Yeah? And you know, what, who do you find in the downhill? A desperate person trying to scratch through stuff. What is the dung? The dung is the remnant of other people's processes. After they've taken what they want out of it, they now release the waste and they give it to you. But my Bible says the word of God which is still good today thousands of years after it was scripted and written it does not matter whether you're on the downhill of disappointment or debt or people are passing out handouts or the little contracts they don't need in your direction. My God says that I'm still able, strong, valid to reach out to those places and pull beggars out of the downhill. I want to announce as a prophet of this house that your begging days are over your begging days are over you will no longer beg to do a job you will no longer beg for a contract you will no longer beg for opportunities you will no longer beg to be heard to be seen to be loved to be validated to be appreciated to be hugged to be welcomed you will no longer beg for your space for your slot your begging days are over i displace lack i displace debt i displace insufficiency and inadequacy receive favor God is calling you out of the downhill. Come out of the beggarly place. Come out of the wasteland. Come out of the dry places. Come out of the land of lack. Come out from suffering streets and austerity avenue and wretchedness road. Come out of that place. You don't belong there. You belong to the throne. You belong to the palace. You belong to a high place. He called and he brought him out. Tell somebody I'm leaving that beggarly place. Leaving the place. I see there was not enough in Psalm 1134 to 8. I'll just read it quickly. The Lord is high above all nations. 
his glory above the heavens. The end of 1 Samuel 2, 7 to 8 says, For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the world upon them. The Lord is high above all nations, Psalm 113, 4-8. His glory above the heavens, who is like the Lord our God, who does what? Dwells on high, who humbles himself to behold the things that are in the heavens and in the earth. What does he do? He raises the poor out of the dust and lifts the needy out of the ashes, that he may seat him with princes, with the prince of his people. Now, do you see that God is involved in the entire process? Some people, what they try to do is that they try to jump out of the dust. But the more they jump, the more they raise. When you try to deliver yourself from what only God can deliver you from, you complicate the problem. Let me say that again. Someone needs to hear that before listening to the message because of the week. When you try to deliver yourself from what only God can deliver you from, you complicate the problem. So some people try to jump out of dust. But the word says there's a process. The process is that God does what? Raises. Raises, right? Who's strong enough to carry me? You are strong enough, Peter song, to carry me. Mighty God. What a mighty God. <laughs> they believe you're a mighty man. Right? Come, come and carry me. Try it. But you try to carry me like a baby. Just, just try. Just try. Don't fall me down. In the words of Victor, destinies are connected to me. Now listen, did you raise me or not? Did I have to be touched by him or not? Did I have to remain connected to him? Your promotion is connected to his presence. You can't be there. Your promotion is connected to God's presence. God's presence provides the lift mechanism. An elevator cannot raise you beyond the level of your connectedness to it. When you exit the elevator, it does not stop working. You just stop being lifted by it. Some of you, you all need that to sing. You get it next year. Some of you like, next elections. Ah! Word! Please, please arrest this man. God raises. If you're not connected, he can raise you. And he won't raise you beyond the level of your connectedness and submission to his process. Because God does not raise for fun. He raises for function. Oh, let's just promote him. He's been here. No, he doesn't do that. He's, he's functioning. That's why faithfulness opens the door for promotion. Because promotion allows whatever you already are to gain greater influence at a faster speed. So why do I need your mediocrity to be on greater display? And then it said, he lifts. So think about an elevator. It lifts. What do you do when the lift is lifting you? What do you do? Just stay there. Some of you, the problem is 
you keep running out of every floor. Sorry, what? Seven. Turn your own. Listen. Some of you, you're so eager and anxious that every time the elevator door opens, you think it's your floor. It's not every floor that the door opens on that is your floor. So sometimes wait it out and let others take the floor. It's because you're going higher. You didn't hear what I just preached. I said sometimes it's because you're going higher and when the door opens and you want to step out and your guardian in the building says not yet you better trust the guardian called the Holy Spirit that's why sometimes there is a business deal and God says not yet there's a platform God says not yet there is a fine looking man God says not him there is this babe that is hot that you know you will not need any microwave oven in your house like my house because she's hot enough to steam the food and God said that is not the one don't jump out on the second floor when God is taking you to the 22nd floor I just preached for the year you didn't hear what I just said I said don't jump out on the second floor when God is taking you to the 22nd floor help me go to three will tell them not yet not yet not yet not yet not yet not yet you may not understand what God is doing you may not understand why it's taking so long watch this because the higher the floor the longer the time the higher the floor the longer the time if it's God lifting me I will get there if it's God elevating me I will arrive there if it's God moving me I just need a chair bye bye enjoy your floor but I'm staying on the crown of God's lifted until he tells me it's time to step out I, uh, I'm blessed myself and what is the highest place in the building the penthouse some of you got up on the first floor God wants to give you a penthouse that has swimming pools fresh air long view you're like God I don't want let me just go and take the pina colada now pina colada yeah there's no ladder Coney ladder So God lifts the poor. But what happens here? First Chronicles chapter 12. Let me try to tie up and give you a few points. First Chronicles 12. There's something I want us to observe. In verse 21. What does it say in verse 21? First Chronicles 12. Verse 21. What does it say? And they helped David against the bands of raiders. For they were all mighty men of valor and were captains in the army verse 22 is very important verse 22 very important what does it say for at that time they came to David when they came to David when to help him until was a great army like the hey! watch this God has sent you helpers 
but God has also sent you as a helper. Yes, you must always remain in the yes, equation. Yes, Be the help you're hoping to have. This week, send somebody airtime. Privacy, you remember that from the New Year's Eve service. Remember that private sacrifices. Whatever you do in public that people hail you for, try to do one or two others that nobody knows about. You know, a lot of people understand this because Jesus said it directly. He said that your father, who says when you pray, do not be like the Gentiles and uh, the Pharisees rather. He says that they love to be sitting in the streets and they pray long and loud prayers. He says, but you go into the secret place, your closet, and pray in secret. Here's what it says. He says, your heavenly father who sees you in secret will reward you publicly. So watch this. Public rewards are connected to private sacrifices. But do you know what? What's also true that people don't know that sometimes you have public sacrifices and you're not rewarded publicly. So God taught me that public sacrifices also attract private rewards. Coded blessings. I pray that somebody's personal space will receive secret supporters. Coded blessings. Opportunities that will not be published on the headline, the deadline. Some of you will enter into organizations and wonder, how did I get here? I didn't apply for this job because you arrived early, because you slept, swept the floor, because you put this chair covers on the covers, because you showed up an hour early. That was a public sacrifice that I'm not paying you for, that Kings is not paying you for, but there is nothing you do with a good heart that God does not reward. I pray in this moment as God gave me that revelation weeks ago. I release it upon you and I proclaim that every hanging private reward for long-term, long-standing public sacrifices be released unto you now in the name of Jesus. So they came to David in Hebron to turn the kingdom of Saul to him according to the word of the Lord. So God called David to be king, but some people had to help him to be king. Let me quickly switch as I wind this down. Wind it up, really. Ah, where are we going again? It's not a rapture you want. <laughs> Watch this. David's life is not just about David. David's entirety is not just about David. David is a prophetic picture of God's agenda. David is a representation, an icon, a key. Like when you read a map, you know a map, and they now put a key, a, the chart, a legend that shows you what things represent. So David's like life is a legend, a key, an icon that will show us the person of Christ. Most people would agree that Abraham, Moses, and David are the three most cardinal, pivotal figures in the Old Testament. Abraham represents the total obedience, submission, sacrifice of Christ. Moses represents the prophetic nature of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, pulling humanity out of the hellhole of Egypt and taking them through the watery grave of the Red Sea and through his own death, presenting them to the promised land or the edge of the promised land, whereby the Holy Spirit were able now to take territories in the promised land in Christ. David 
is not a picture of just the prophetic, even though he's prophetic, but is an embodiment of the kingship of Christ. <laughs> and so, for you to really understand the kingdom of Christ, David's life is an important theme to study. Because Jesus is not called the son of Abraham. Jesus is not called the son of Moses. Jesus is not called the son of Isaiah. Even though Isaiah prophesies about his death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus is not called the son of Zechariah. Jesus is not called the son of Micah or Malachi. Jesus is called the son of why? Because whenever you find sonship, the question you have or the key consideration there is identity. Sonship speaks about identity and many other things, but identity is key. Which means that in the son, there is the core thing by which you are able to identify who his father is. That the son carries the essential qualities and characteristics of the father. So if you look at the life of David, you can see certain pointers to the life of Jesus. You can see contrast and comparison similarities. So there are a couple of them. David is the son of Jay-Z. But Jesus Christ is the son of God. David is in the backside of nowhere taking care of his father's sheep. Jesus is in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights taking care of the father's business. David was rejected by his brothers because when it came to the battlefield, they said go back to those few sheep. Jesus came to his own and his own accepted him not and they turned him down. He couldn't even work many miracles in his own state. David was a shepherd. Jesus Christ is the eternal shepherd the chief of our salvation David he slew a giant Goliath Jesus brought down the Goliath of sin, self, Satan self-centeredness and selfishness David released a stone for the victory Jesus became our living stone for the victory David cut off the head of Goliath with a sword Jesus Christ gave us the living sword the word of God is living and active sharper than any double-edged sword Piercing to divine the sun between soul and spirit, blood and marrow, as a descent of thoughts and instincts of the heart. David had victory over Goliath. Jesus has victory over hell, death, and the grave. David had some scrawny, inexperienced, broken people. Jesus had some inexperienced and weary disciples. David's broken men became David's mighty men. Jesus' teenage disciples became apostles of Christ. I feel the Holy Ghost amongst the mighty men. David had three amongst the disciples Jesus had Peter James and John oh David oh my god I, I don't know who I'm talking to but your life is a picture of the prophetic so David your life is not really just about your life your life is about what God is doing in the earth David he wanted to build the temple but his hands were filled with blood Jesus he tore down the physical temple and his body was soaked in blood. David provided the resources to build the temple. Jesus gave us the resources of wisdom, knowledge, understanding to build the temple of God in our generation and on earth. I don't know who I'm talking to, but God is raising you to kingship, not just because of you. He's raising you to kingship because of what you represent in the kingdom. Somebody shout, I am rising. 
I didn't say save, I said shout, I'm rising. Shout aloud, I'm rising. Where are you rising to? I'm rising to kingship. I'm rising to royalty. I'm rising in authority. I'm rising in dominion. I'm rising in power. I'm rising in hope. I'm rising in faith. I'm rising in excellence. I'm rising in wisdom. I'm wise rising in audacity. I'm rising. I'm rising. I got some more. David had to be identified by the prophet Samuel for him to rise to kingship. Jesus had to be identified by John the Baptist for him to walk into authority. David, he had someone who loved him and was connected to him. His name was Jonathan. Jesus had John the Beloved who loved him and connected himself to the, his breast. David, oh my God, his legacy is everlasting. Jesus, his legacy is everlasting. David's kingdom did not collapse after him. Jesus' kingdom is still alive long after his death. I don't know if you're excited to be a part of that kingdom but if you are shout yeah 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 yes it's really about Jesus three quick things we're not going to teach it three things that will help you rise to sonship number one identity to kingship identity know who you are dogs give birth to shout aloud monkeys give birth to mosquitoes give birth to kings give birth to God is king so many references of that in the bible so if you're a child of God you are born to reign Romans 5 17 tells you that that we reign in life because we receive the gift of righteousness what's the righteousness that's the nature of God it's not the same thing as right doing even the righteousness produces right doing but it's a nature so you must understand your identity. Peter wrote to the people who had been disenfranchised, the Jews, who had been scattered far off in different lands. And he said to them, 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. These guys were fugitives. These guys had been scattered. You know, many times you just read the Bible and we think he was writing to people in a church. No, they were vulnerable and miserable and tired. They were just trying to get back. They had received the gospel. They were Jews, disenfranchised, but they say, you know what? You're a royal priesthood. They didn't even have families together. They had lost some members of their family. They said, you're a holy nation. Because every nation starts with a man. Every nation starts with a man. That's why I believe that it's not over for Nigeria. Because God is raising some men. If you were not in the first service, please listen to the message. It's, it's too important. If you were there, is the message important? Very fundamental and foundational. Listen to it. It's free. Number one is identity. Carry yourself as a king. Relate with people as a king. Give as a king. Help like a king. Don't move based on your situation. Move based on your prophecy. We are not led by our resources. I'll show you what in the Bible. David had the heart to build the temple and he had the money to build the temple. But God said, don't build the temple. Some of us, if we have the heart and the money, we'll just do it. God was trying to teach us many things. One of them is this. Don't be led by your resources. Be led by my spirit. 
So you can have the heart to do something and the money to do it and God says no. Why? Because David's hands were filled with blood and blooded hands couldn't build the temple. That's why God ensured that Solomon didn't have to fight any battle. Because the hands that must build the temple must be free from the blood of men. I need 10 minutes to unpack that for you. Slander is the new murder. So every time you gossip back by slander, hurt people, you're shedding blood in the spirit. And you're losing your place in building what God is doing in the earth now. So there are words you use to avoid that. I don't know. I don't really know the person, so I can't speak much. Or based on what I know, this is what I think. Subjective. So this person is like this. They're always like, always, always. If you're not sure, you're not sure. And then number two is this. Responsibility. This man came to David and said, we want to help. Some of you have been in this house for months now, but you're not taking responsibility. God wants you to take the next step. This morning, the call to kingship, the rise to kingship. I want to see more people take responsibility in this house. We love your presence. We love your smile. We love your lovely faces. But God wants you to do more. How do you do more? You might not be sure, but you can take the next step. I'll show you a few next steps that all of us can take, no matter where you are in the house. But take responsibility. Now, please understand something. That the degree to which you take responsibility will determine the degree to which you gain authority. Because yes, authority is not for personal gratification. Yes, authority is for kingdom expansion. Yes, so when God gives you authority, he always attaches an assignment to it, Amy. Jesus said, behold, I give you authority to dance around. What does it say? To do what? Luke 10, 19. To tread trample that means the authorities for a function to tread means to move your legs on something cover grounds match 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 you don't know that because are young believers so you don't even know heavenly race I know data responsibility now there are four subsets of response four things that will help you take responsibility number one ability ability is God given God gives ability. Number two, capacity. Capacity is not God-given. It is developed. So in this house, one of the things many of us are blessed is, is we can sing. But some of us can sing better than others, not because of their ability, but because of their capacity. Capacity is developed over time. You can't, you're not born with infinite capacity. You're born with ability but you develop what? Capacity. Number three, audacity. Audacity is displayed personally. I cannot be audacious for you. David had ability when he was born, but he developed capacity in the wilderness, killing the lion and the bear. That's capacity. So some of you have been handling master life sessions. I'll tell you what that is for those who might not know. Not, you know, six, eight, ten people in the small group there. God is testing your heart because this ministry is going to grow with branches and expressions and extensions across the earth. Oh, nobody said amen to that. What does that mean? That means I'm not going to be preaching everywhere. What does that mean? That means that somebody right now who feels I'm so shy is going to be a pastor of one of those expressions. The 
take seven years, may take five years. But get in the growth plan. And you're not in the growth plan so you can preach or teach or do anything. You're in the, in the growth plan because you love God and you want your life to extend the legacy of his kingdom. And number four is authority. Authority is given. So don't forget that. Ability and authority are given. Capacity and audacity are developed. David said, I can kill Goliath. That's audacity. And audacity has a way of attracting authority. If you're audacious enough, you will meet the greatest influencers in your space. Audacity sends a message that I'm ready for business. I'm not sure, but I believe there were possibly one or two other people that could have killed Goliath. I believe so. But some of them were too shy to try. And if you are too shy to try, you're too shy to fly. Some of you are living in some form of regret because you know you can do stuff. We are just sitting there waiting. They will call me, they will call me. Uh, take responsibility. Take, I became a pastor on campus at the age of 19. <laughs> I stayed preaching in House on the Rock at the age of 21. But my first meeting, or my second meeting, my first meeting, that I'll tell you that story another day. My second meeting was a vigil and the place was, I think, about 400, 500 seats in the University of Lagos staff school hall. And the place was dirty. I didn't see it. People were setting up. A couple of pastors were around. The place was dirty. I just took a broom and I stared sweeping. And I didn't know it was a big deal. I mean, thinking about it now, I'm like, yeah, the first time after the first gathering. It's quite a big deal. The God said to me, and when my, the pastors, my pastors at the time were raving, ah, oh, this guy, this guy, you know, one thing led to another, one early morning prayer, I'm they just say, wrap up the prayer, and I prayed, the anointing broke out, everyone like, who is this guy? So they're calling me Damlala Michael. This guy has anointing from heaven. But look at this, God's taught me something. He said, the hands that are too clean to hold the broom are too dirty to hold the microphone. Audacity, authority. And number three is legacy. My legacy would be to extend the kingdom of God on earth. God give us breath. God give us strength. But we have a, a legacy we're trying to build in this house. We want to reach one billion souls with the message of the gospel. Through books, devotionals, movies, games, card games, outreaches, t-shirts, posters, banners, hologram. That's why we need every gift in the house to come out. Don't say they don't do it. Let us hear about it first. And if we don't do it yet, we'll say, oh, you know what? We're thinking about it. Or can you sit, sit on that for us? Can you help us handle that? Or maybe that's not the ministry focus in this season. Be patient. Walk through the process and all of that. Some of you can design amazing graphics. And yet in this house, we're looking for more people to be able to create the things that we do. There are sound bites and quotes from the messages that, that should go to the ends of the earth. Should go to the, some of my posts circulate across the nations and come back to me without my name. What does that tell me? There's value in what I'm saying. Somebody's responsibility is to carry that value and design it. I'm not saying put your name on it, put my name on it. I'll say that unashamedly. God inspired the Bible, but He still gave credit to the different authors. 
the book of Matthew, book of Luke. It's the spirit of a thief that wants to erase the names of people that dispense a certain, it's just theft. God doesn't do that. You understand what I'm saying? But somebody's responsibility is to take on these different things and say, oh, how can we, this place is beautiful, it's nice, but how can we call out this place? How can we throw some lights in there? Who's going to come Saturday evenings to just beautify, to just give us a wow experience? Let's walk in sometime next week and see call up lights function all well without being clumsy. When you walk into a space, find the gap in that space and insert yourself there. It automatically amplifies your value, your notoriety, your visibility. The reason we notice the light is not because it's pretty. It's because it dispels the darkness that would have hurt us. God told me this year, raise me mighty men. So this year I'm pouring into people leadership, legacy. We love God, we love people. We want to love people, love God. Love them out of their diseases and sicknesses. Let me quickly go to the slide on, on the seven things about the kings. If you're standing, remain standing. I'm almost done. It's just, just want to call you to action. Next week, we're going to be graduating our first set of training students from Master Life. Do you have it? God said that the mighty men, not this one, the purple one. The mighty men you're going to raise, that they will have the seven characteristics. Hear the word of the Lord. This house is going to explode in growth this year. I've seen it in the spirit. Some of you have seen it. It's not because we want more people. It's because there's a lot of work to be done. When you see the vulgarity and social media space, not this one. The seven Ps, yeah. There's a lot of vulgarity. People are committing suicide in Nigeria. Nigerians that don't die. <laughs> Now they're just dying anyhow. People think ah, it's just no, it is a demon spirit that is eating the minds of people because we who have the spirit of God have not invaded their headspace. Well, he says, Thou shalt give him a perfect peace whose word mind. So peace is a function of the location of your mind, whose mind is stayed on thee. I told you about two months ago because they did not retain God in their minds. He gave them over to depravity. So God said, we're going to be peaceful kings. We're going to be purposeful kings. We're going to be prayerful kings. We're going to be powerful kings. We will land at airports and put our foot on the ground and say the gay agenda is broken. Let me announce to you I'm not even being funny, but we're not joking here. You know, I can be very humorous and playful and all of that. But ask those who are very close to me. I'm one of the most serious people about this mandate. About the assignments in life. I'm very clear about my calling. My calling is to raise kingdom influencers. That means I'm investing in some of you that will enter into meetings in Asia. And because of your decision, stocks will crash. In that same issue, because of our decision, stocks will rise. Because of what we are saying, my wife and I were not afraid to give everything we had. Because you know what? Selfishness is a reflection of a lack of revelation. You don't know what you want. <laughs> Even pride. God said to me, well, two weeks ago, He said, if many people knew how big they were, 
they will become more humble. So if you can understand that, but powerful people, Victoria, get ready. Power. When you speak, there will be a release of authority over the atmosphere. There are many voices in here that will reverberate across the waters, across the oceans, across the seas. Bolu and Toby, I know that you're some of the youngest, but God put you in a house like this so that you won't make needless mistakes, so that the glory of God on the inside of you will not be tampered with or corrupted, but so that you can stand out and deliver the mandate of God. LT, get ready for a stretch in your capacity because the calling upon your life is that of the mother of nations mother of nations that as I step into territories and I father nations and their kings and their presidents that many will come to nurse at your side and come for comfort and direction and wisdom and grace I can't promise you many things, but I can promise you if you follow my teaching and leading and took legion growth plan for three and a half years, you will become a king in your space. I'm not boasting as a con upon my life. Many of you on the service team know how I don't joke with this. I turn down corporate stuff for this. By the way, in case you think I get a salary from and I don't. But I will pour my life into this because Shia, your business is not just for Nigeria, it's not just for Lagos State, and it does not matter what the issues are, what the difficulties are, what the crisis may be like. But there is a grace upon your life and upon your work that is going to displace barriers and shatter chains and bring employment to thousands of people where your creative collections will be in high demand and you will disciple people on the promise of your growth in the name of Jesus Christ God is releasing fire in these two rows right now fire in your belly father let the fire burn let the fire burn let the fire burn let the fire burn
todos. Ahora va, ahora va, ago. I said, Lord, let me never be close to anybody and then they'll remain the same after a few months. Lives are going to hell every day. We need the right heart set, mindset, skill set, tool set, and we need to get set. Japheth, God is not through with you. Yinka, I know you've been away for a while. But there's a call on your life. Precious, where's precious? Was he never you idea? Yinka, come forward. Oh, yada body, yada balados. Rosmond, come forward. Shelebulam, your sin de la hataya. stronger upon your life in word in daily living it grows stronger upon your life it grows stronger upon your life where's your incarnates For his calling, for his assignment, for his mandate. 
You're under arrest by the Holy Ghost. You can run, but you can't hide. Come out of hiding. Come out of the shell. Come out of the cracks. Come out of the walkway. Come out of the compasses. Come out into greatness. I gotta close. Listen. Please listen. growth track remain standing we have a growth track and a progress path I can't explain everything but some of you all that you do is the Sunday morning and that's great God blesses us with amazing messages great music lovely prophetic atmosphere we don't take it for granted but you know you can but train for your destiny just in the two hour meeting 52 times a year so we have training programs off Sundays where's that master life book set we're very intentional. There's a curriculum that by divine inspiration I've created for the first part, the beginner's guide, the six-week session in love with kings. And I think something like about 40 people, 30, 40 people have gone through in love with kings, which is the first one. We're going to produce the manual sometime this year. And then for the second stage, that disciple's journey, well, literally, this is what you go through. It's a workbook. Don't get scared. It's like a workbook. But it teaches you, it helps you have a daily devotion most people start out not being able to pray for longer than 10 or so minutes. But after a month, two months, you're praying 30 minutes, 40 minutes, one hour. Because you're subjecting yourself to training. Jesus was already intelligent, scholastic at the age of 12. He reasoned scriptures at the age of 12. But he does not come out for public ministry until 30. That's 18 years later. That's one and a half times the amount of time he had spent before he had scriptures. So you can have cap ability, but to develop capacity, you need training. You need the right atmosphere, environment, community, support, nothing. Jesus spoke to crowds ever so, a few times, a couple of times. Because, see, God said to me when, when I was asking, what do you want me to do? I want to be honest with you, I didn't want to do church. Because I grew up in church, I've seen a lot of church drama and church things, so I didn't want to do church. And God said to me, you cannot raise people effectively. So I want to raise kings. So what kind of kings? So there must be kings in Christ with their disciples. So you can't raise people effectively without regular gatherings. You can't do that. And it said to me, you cannot disciple a crowd. You can inspire a crowd. You can even teach a crowd. But discipleship requires a smaller uh, environment that's considered safer, more vulnerable a space. So when you enroll in this, don't worry, don't go through that in a week. You go through that in six months. Broken down, six months, 24 weeks. Broken down into six weeks. And you have ongoing support. Somebody that can pray with you personally. Some of you maybe like this kind of situation. You pray, oh Lord, let him lay hands on me. I can't lay hands on everybody here. But in your small group, somebody can agree with you and speak the right word that you have. So I want to encourage you as you step out today, where's Kenneth? Kenneth is going to be at the door. She's wearing the jeans. She walks directly with me. She, her hand is up. You're still growing in your height. Yeah, but blood is lifting you. So see Kenneth and say, you know what? I want to put out my name, my email address. We're going to call you in the course of this week. The phone number. So we can tell you we're starting the next trip in about three Wednesdays. About three Wednesdays. And then there's the missionary map where we train you to be a missionary in your industry. Being a missionary does not mean I, I pack everything I have, sell all I have and go to India or Bangladesh. 
it could include that, but because of technology these days, that's not as necessary as it used to be. Let me choose my words wisely. That may not be as needed as it once used to be. Why? Because of technology now. Can God still tell you to do that? Definite. God can tell you to go and live in Kutuweji under a rock. It's God. But what Jesus said, he said, as you go, make disciples. In other words, as you go through life, make disciples. That's what Matthew 28, 19 is. Matthew 16, 15. So we want to train you. If you're in IT, how do you disciple people in IT? That's what missionary map is all about. Missionary methods, missionary mindset, missionary motives, missionary machines. And then we have the king's course. So please, don't just be a Sunday, Sunday guy, a woman, bench warmer. And I know God has blessed us with an amazing team in this house. Many of you give remarkably. But the greatest thing God wants you to give is your life. By your life, not just being born again. Listen to this. For you to be born again, Jesus gave his life. For you to be a disciple, you give that life back to him. You give him everything. Father, we thank you for this atmosphere. Let it not be a one-off thing that wears on like an abuki perfume. Let it be the lingering sweetness. The abiding cloud that defines us. Faith, it defines you. Tammy, it defines you. Everywhere you go, Jerry P, it defines you. In the name of Jesus, Lamede, Obi, Jason, Amaka, it defines you. LT, Nifemi, it defines you. Buki, I know it's your third or fourth Sunday. This atmosphere defines you. In the name of Jesus, somebody say amen. A generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.